from Kelsey. Tony, I'm going to need you to learn like the the other like I don't know harmony part of that or oh, okay. something, okay? No problem. <laughs> I can do that. Just just like uh, that's I can It's a little it's a little like a little monotone much. right now. That's all right. Well, I'll, I'll work har- on it. I'll work on it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Cuz that's actually what harmony is. So it's good that you actually sound different. No, it sounds too much the same. Yeah. We need oh. we need a different Tony, all, we need a different matching, like yeah. you need to find a different yeah. octave yes. to come in on. Yes. Listen to Fancy Pants over there <laughs> telling it like it is in the real lingo. Yep. So how's everybody feeling? How was the weekend? Too Pretty fast. Good. Yeah. But is the sun shining today? Yes. It was really cold this morning though. It's all that matters. I mean it's colder than it was yesterday, but wasn't yesterday gorgeous? It was really nice yesterday. Oh gosh. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And Kelsey, you know, you said before you think sometimes you get that seasonal depression. Mm-hmm. It's coming. It's tingling. No, it's going. It's kind of starting. It's starting to go a little bit. It's like we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're almost there. I still got a lot of issues to deal with. We probably have a good six weeks, and even May can be iffy. Mm-hmm. The cold rain. But there's there's hope. Exactly. It's there. Yeah. I'm f- I always tell people who uh, aren't from um, Michigan, like we are, that uh, Michiganders don't have spring fever. We have spring malaria. <laughs> <laughs> Such a long winter. I'm here. ready for summer. I like woke up this morning, my throat's all like tickly. Yeah, just that dry cough, like. Get the allergy allergies. meds yeah. out. Yep. I took I took some allergy meds today. So I'm what? like, great. <laughs> the weather's still cold, but because it's warmer than it has been, mm-hmm. my so system it is. Yeah. It's antihistamine season. <laughs> so when do you leave for California? Friday. So you do not want to be sick when you go. Exactly. So I'm just drinking a lot of hot water <laughs> to try and like, you know, keep keep hydrated keep moving it yeah so i was thinking about your upcoming trip um is this friend who's getting married are these like childhood friends no uh co-workers that we just became so such great friends um through working together co-workers from which job oh sorry from when i worked at applebee's back in 2012 gotcha yeah okay mm-hmm. i would because i was thinking um this is one of those first social situations of the crew to enter into where sometimes when you go to them, there is sometimes some professional awkwardness when people start comparing, oh, what's going on with your life? Yeah, when- that's why I didn't go to my high school reunion this uh, this past summer because I was just like, I don't really I don't really know. Like, I don't feel super excited about like any like. Facebook exists, and and we all kind of have been keeping up with each other. They care to keep up with each other, right? But like other people go for like a status like boost, right? Like so movies. they can brag. Have you about, seen Romeo like, and Michelle's high school reunion? Of course, I, I mean, love it. It's a real thing. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know if you guys remember me telling you, but I had read that article of a woman who had gone to her it was like her thirtieth college reunion at Harvard, and she was struck by how unhappy most people were with where they were in their lives and and only those who had spent time helping other people um either there were artists or people who were in the medical field actively engaged those were like the people who were the happiest Mm -hmm. everybody else was like i can't wait to quit doing my day job and go do something fun or meaningful (laughs) 
So uh, it's a it's a real thing, and it's and it's funny because it's there at every stage. So for you, it's going to be like, you know, are people working in their field, yeah. and do they feel like they're on their way, or are other people mm-hmm. still stuck working at Applebee's? So <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting. But you should feel really good because check you out. Yeah, I mean, at this point, if if there was a high school reunion, I'd probably feel a lot more confident going into it. But last summer, I was like finishing up my internship and not quite sure what was going on. You know what I mean? So I was like in that transition period where I, I didn't really have anything too exciting too exciting to share. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just working a lot of jobs right now. You know what I mean? But yeah, like if it were to happen, you know, next week or something, it'd be a little different. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So what a difference a year makes. Or even just like six months, honestly. But the flip side, if I had known you last year, you know, I would have totally encouraged you to go because nobody yeah. ever has it figured out. I know. And those yardsticks are so fake. I know. Somebody told me a long time ago, um, it's funny, he compared it to knowing somebody's salary, but I think it's true uh, even in the actual job. He's so wonderful. He was such a wise old man. And he said, you think you want to know what somebody else is making? Until you find out what somebody else is making, because you're either going to feel shitty because you're not making the same or you're going to feel guilty because you're making making so much more. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing good at the end of that path. And it's kind of true with, um, you know, the whole occupational comparison that happens at some of these social situations, Mm -hmm. because if you go there and you're like, oh, you're in your field, you're a producer, you're doing Mm -hmm. great with this new startup and everybody else is feeling stuck, then you're feeling guilty. Yeah. And then other times, you know, it's so I always say it's, you know, you got it's your race. It's nobody else's race. I agree it's with that. yours. You're just yeah. going to run your own race. Mm-hmm. Feel good about where you are. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if that was part of the I don't know why I was thinking about your wedding, probably because I was wondering about episodes and what are we going to do in it. I'm like, I wonder if she's feeling any anxiety. Oh, no, not about not that. All. No, That's not great. in that regard. I mean, I'm just I'm just excited to just. Take some time. Yeah, off. just rest a little bit. I'm still gonna work while I'm out there remotely, but it won't be the same as like all three of my jobs and all the driving and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, you guys ever? Okay, I'm gonna I'm tangent for a minute, but it's kind of related. Have you guys watched the Queer Eye reboot on yes. Netflix? Mm-hmm. <gasps> what? Oh my! Do you remember Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? Or are you too young? For I'm that? probably too young for it. Okay, might be. Kelsey, do you know what it is? Oh, my goodness. Oh, you guys have to check it out because it, it's kind of related to the whole run your own race thing. It is such a feel-good show. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I cried at every episode. I've probably yeah. watched, I think I watched eight over the course of the weekend. So it's five gay guys, and each one of them has, like, a different area of expertise. So there's a fashion guy, a food guy, a design guy, um, et cetera, et cetera. And people get nominated because, and so you see a lot of people who feel stuck, like uh, either professionally or personally. Uh, One guy's still living in his parents' basement. Another guy's now getting ready to be a dad, but he's still living like a bachelor. So everybody's situation's different. And it's amazing. They only spend five guy, five days with each person. But what they do, the way they're able to get people in touch with their potential and in a really loving but prompting way, get them to pay more attention to either their grooming and their self-care or their space or their social lives. It's just, mm. it's, you guys got to check it out. It is such a... 
It's such a feel-good show, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sounds so. kind of interesting. You, you, you would really like, and it's and it's almost exclusively for guys. I was gonna say, it sounds like it's focusing around dudes. Mainly. Yeah, they'll do the occasional woman, but by and large, when, when the first when the show first came out, the full name was Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Yeah, because they're saying there's so many makeover shows for mm-hmm. women, and guys need help too. Oh yeah, now they just call it Queer Eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just Queer Eye. Yeah. Uh-huh, okay. It's huh. it's really really good. They're yeah. awesome. <laughs> anyway, didn't mean to tangent. Anybody? So that, that's the big story of my weekend. <laughs> I, was, I don't watch a lot of TV. I know. I you, don't either. Yeah. That just so happens to be one that I I watched because I was at my friend's house and they watch it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I was like, this show is so good. Mm, God, it's so yeah. cute. Yeah, I was alone a lot this weekend, so that was that was a little rabbit hole I fell into. Aww. Did you did you play some video games this weekend, Kelsey? No. no did you watch the them. Did you watch the Avenger trailer? I've seen which one. <laughs> the new one that dropped this weekend. Well, you you were on track to like watch it once a day until it came out. I was just wondering <laughs> no, if you no. got a viewing. I missed in. it. No. <laughs> Sounds like it was just kind of a lazy weekend. It was kind of a lazy weekend for me. I just kind of hung out. I did some work, but mm-hmm. I went to the DIA yesterday with the girlfriend and oh, kind of spent a nice nice calm day walking around. You mm-hmm. know, just. Did you see the pop art exhibit? I did. Yeah, I went, was it I went, cool? It was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. it was cool. I, I did. I saw I, billboards for it, and I'm like, "Ooh, that's kind of cool." Yeah, I did a project on it back, like in my art classes, like when I was in high school and stuff, and like Roy Lichtenstein and like um, uh, what's his name, uh, Andy Warhol, guys mm-hmm. like that. Those guys are really interesting. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they are, aren't they? It's crazy. <laughs> Not talking about too much TV, but there's a little bit off topic. There's a really good uh, documentary on Netflix, also called uh, "The Price of Everything," and it's all about. I don't have Netflix. I just watch it when I'm at other people's houses. (laughs) Do you have Netflix? I do not spend enough time on Netflix. I do have it though. For anybody who has an appreciation for art, it's basically about the fact that. They do a history of how the modern art movement took off, and it basically was because there was just a more uh, the the supply of the masters was shrinking and shrinking post World War II. A lot of the art had been destroyed, so much of it had been donated to museums that if you're a gallery owner or an auction house, there's like nothing to sell. So they started cultivating modern art uh, artists, you know, like. Warhol and Pollock and things mm-hmm. like that. And so now the the scene has just exploded. And so it's really interesting because they talk about what is art? Like who yeah. knew that a picture of a tomato soup can would be considered art? <laughs> and in some ways it's gone way out there. Like this one guy paid, I think he paid $5 million for a sheep that sits in a big container filled with formaldehyde. Oh yeah, I've seen that. And he's I've like, is, that. is it really art? I don't, I don't know. But you the know, the shark. They had a shark one too. I think. Uh huh. He had a big candle. Uh, yeah. You can light it and it'll all melt down, and then they'll pay to recast it for you. But you know, it's a candle. So anyway, it's just, <laughs> it, was, it was fascinating. Okay, art. So, <laughs> my, look at I wasted half the show. See what everybody's doing this weekend. Uh, okay, cool. Well, does anybody have anything they wanted to talk about? I don't. I don't know. I have stuff. Okay. Well, let's hear it. Um, this is from a listener, and I don't know if this happens here or if you guys. I was thinking it might happen for you at the thrift store. Um, the suggestion was talk about what happens when you know you're a favorite at work. 
uh, <laughs> because you have the the upside of you know how much your boss likes you and relies on you, and then you have the downside that it can create an awkward situation with your coworkers. And I'm like, man, that is so mm-hmm. true. And like, oh, yeah. you you actually owned up. I think it was last week on. He can't live without you. He's put you at the top of his heap. Everybody else obviously must feel that. So, you ever have that situation? Um, yeah, it, it's a little, it's a little awkward sometimes. I guess working with like the younger kid more specifically because it's hard to explain that things are different. Been like, hey, like, it's just a little different. Like, I, it's not what you think it is. Like, it, it it's kind of. Uh, I, I don't talk about it too. I try not to rub it in. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go up to him and be like, "Hey," or do do something. I just. I just know that like, since I'm in charge of him, I can take the blame for things that he if he screws up. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm willing to and, do that. And as a great boss, you should. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm willing to do that for him. And I think that's kind of the precedent we've set. So I don't think he gets as jealous, like I said, because I think he knows his time will come. But I think the uh, the older the older gentleman doesn't like that as much because he he gets paid under the table and he kind of he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't want to be there but he's just working for his money and he sees us as an obstacle to and, you know and you're some punk kid that the owner loves yep yeah basically I'm just I'm a millennial yeah you uh, Alana you had a light bulb that's in, what they, in your he, that's what he'll say. <laughs> yeah you're not old enough lazy millennial. Uh, you, it looked like you had a uh, an oh, this, expression just, of recognition. I, no, I totally, I totally uh, resonate with that for sure. I was thinking about that recently. It seems like any job that I've ever worked, I always end up becoming some sort of go-to person. Alana's <laughs> the favorite. It's not that I'm a favorite. I just mean that like I end up being like um, really the person that like that the person in charge like kind of like delegates a lot of stuff to to like um, supervise other people. You're a good wingman, okay, if you will. <laughs> oh, yeah. never heard that one before. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to look at that as being a favorite, I I don't I don't advertise it as being like a favorite. I Does just, it make you uncomfortable sometimes? Um, it can just because like I don't I don't ever want like my my coworkers my peers to like resent me it just it just honestly it it's a natural like thing for me to just kind of assume a leadership role mhm so i think you know bosses tend to <laughs> uh bosses tend to like i don't know give me a lot of um freedom and also responsibility in mm-hmm. that same way mm-hmm. you have a lot of bandwidth Oh, thank you. That's the way I, can, you know, people, different people can handle different volumes of work, and mm-hmm. yours is very high. Thanks. Kelsey, I saved you for last because you're so obviously the technical favorite here. Mm-hmm. But I sense zero anxiety or discomfort on your mm-hmm. part with that role. I feel like you own it. Try. Not try, you do. Yeah. We, we literally record, we recorded an episode recently. We were like, "Sorry, if I got hit by a bus, they'd be screwed." Yeah, but I don't want to be like that. <laughs> no, I know, but but it's it's in some ways it's very refreshing. Like again, you recognize it and you own right. it. Yeah, you don't have any problem with it whatsoever. No, tell me what you want, I'll do it. Now, do you feel like that's because you're not just the boss's favorite? You're everybody's favorite? No, because I'm my favorite. I've I've had a really long 
road to get here. And I don't think anybody's more proud of me than I am of myself. And on the other side of things, Tony's known me a decent amount of time, but he didn't know me before I went to school. Yeah. And my road even getting there, was it was challenging. And then I killed it. And then I got here. And then I kept, you know. Killing it. Yeah. So I'm just not trying to get full of myself. Just trying to do the best I can every day. I know what it's like to not have skills. So if I could say differently, I would say your perspective is... It's not that you see yourself as the favorite. You see yourself as the strongest. <clears throat> so talk about being in a leadership position. You're sort of the leader in your space. And so that comes with more responsibility. It obviously comes with technical expertise. You're very open about sharing your knowledge. You guys are working on your training project to do that. I but have a pamphlet. It's a stack of papers. Mm-hmm. Literally, my hand cramped it's writing not quite, it. Not quite a manual yet. No, it's got to get um, edited a bit. You know, my handwriting is all over the place. My thoughts are very sporadic, but once it gets fine-tuned, yeah. So do you think if a coworker um, resented your formidable experience and what I'm going to call your position here, do you think you would be aware of it? No. How come? I don't pay that much attention to no. other people's negative thoughts of me are. I think I'm very blind when it comes to that. I I don't try to see things this way, but in my point of view, if I feel like I get along with you, I feel like you get along with me in that sense. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really know. I would, I would tell somebody if I had a problem with them or I didn't want them around me or I wouldn't act friendly towards that person. I wouldn't be rude and, and degrading, but I wouldn't be like, my normal happy bubbly self if I didn't want somebody around me so I feel like if somebody had a problem with me I'd want them to let me know mm -hmm. don't act fake to me if you don't like me yeah remember when we were talking about office <clears throat> politics last week mm -hmm. I think that's something that could potentially happen to you that's probably worthwhile just to point out so that you can pay closer attention to it just knowing how human beings respond I'm just naive yeah, and you and it's great that you don't put a lot of time or attention into what would be construed as gossip or, you know, a bunch of bullshit. But at the end of the day, if you do a great job and you're elevated from a perception standpoint among your work's leadership, like I think what Tony picks up on from the older guy is probably where I'm going Resentment. from an, an intuitive standpoint. It's probably just good advice for you to put that on your radar somewhere because you're probably always going to be a high achiever throughout your career. Hope so. And so just don't ever assume that that means you're surrounded by cheerleaders who just yeah. love your success. No, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. There's a, you know, they say they call it there's a, the sniper in the weeds. So mm -hmm. as you start to move up and as you start to do well and as your reputation grows and becomes really good, that creates can create resentment Might among Might be a problem for the sniper, though, because I'm a fighter, too. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. well, I mean, I'll be as nice to you as anybody else will, but if you cause problems for me, I'm going to give them right back. The best defense for that, as opposed to rolling around in the gutter with some bullshit sniper, is to just always make sure the work is beyond reproach. It's all that matters. Beyond reproach. Mm. Above criticism. You do such a good job. I think it's an Oprah quote. Be so good that they have to notice. Like, it doesn't matter how many people don't like you or resent your success. As long as you're always doing a really, really good job, they got nothing to complain about. I think that might be where I'm at. Yeah. But it's good to pay a little bit of attention. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, that was the that was the one thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it's our, it's honestly I think with that situation too. Actually, specifically, you I got think, something to say, Tony? Yeah. No, not to you. Not to you. <laughs> actually, more about like the uncomfortable situations I've been put in. I guess is it's like. To being friends with the boss mm-hmm. and then having like a professional relationship as them still being your boss. Mm-hmm. As it's like sometimes like they might not want to enforce a rule as hard on somebody who is they see as a friend or somebody who's just like, oh, they let them do what they want, you know? Like mm-hmm. they, so like that can be kind of, I've, I've seen, been in situations where that's the case where it's like you can do what you want, but then you have special privilege, but then nobody else can do that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of it, that's an uncomfortable situation for me, I guess, is because then it's, do you do it and people have people resent you? I guess the thing is, I don't really care what people think of me. I just don't want them to be like, I just don't want people to hate me. Yeah. Don't be doing things at work that you know are going to piss people off just because you can. <sighs> well, there's two sides to this coin, and so here's, uh, and it's funny because this is where I was going to go next. So what you're talking about is basically if somebody gifts that to you. I mean, there's not a lot you can do. He he loves you. He gives you a ton of work. He gives you a ton of trust. It's, you know, don't think of it as, okay, he's put me in this really awkward spot. It's not my fault. No, he put you in that spot because you've earned it. So back to what we were saying with Kelsey. If there's snipers in the weeds who don't like that, fuck them. Because, you know, you're there because you do a good job. It's just important to be aware of it because you always want to know where your potential enemies lie. But the flip side of that coin where I was going is the day you guys all become bosses, it is important to try and always temper our natural inclination to find our favorites. Because someday you guys will all be building your staffs and you're going to find your Tony and you're going to find your Kelsey and your Alana. And so being able to find people who have the bandwidth and the potential to be great performers like you guys all are, but in a way that doesn't create resentment among the staff becomes much more important when you're the boss because then you're the one to blame. Only a douche is going to blame the person who's been de- designated as the favorite, especially if they're great workers, what got them there. It's the boss who suffers the reputational damage by having favorites. Does mm. that make sense? Because then I, you're in the position to make the decision. Yeah. Now, let's say you're. Let's say somebody is more deserving of something mm-hmm. versus like you, who may have. I mean, you work hard, but you're. You just got it because you're the friend. You're friends with the boss. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's horrible. That's so. Is that I guess on the boss then? Oh, I mean, ab- so absolutely. So that's more on the boss's reputation rather than you for taking or I guess you for taking advantage of people's other people's hard work yeah but here's here's where I think that gets tricky and it's interesting because you just used the word deserve and I never use that word in my vocabulary when it comes to promotions promotions are not given because they're deserved they're given because they're earned so I'm going to use Alana as an example here so let's say uh, she's been my go-to person and so everybody thinks that she's my favorite and so a promotion comes along and she gets it and somebody else says hey man like I was working just as hard as she was and I've been here two years longer I deserve that promotion no Alana earned that promotion because she's the one who's always there when I need her if I'm calling late at night she's responding to my emails whatever the reason may be so a good boss is going to always and we've talked about this before recognize develop and promote the people who have the highest potential so I, as the boss, may take a special interest in her because she's showing that potential. But to a coworker, that might look like she's my favorite. 
And so, of course, when I promoted her, I promoted her because she was my favorite. So I feel like that's just sour grapes noise. Uh, but it will happen to you once you become the boss because that's what happens. You spot people, you mentor them, you bring them along, and it's often misconstrued as favoritism versus your other example, Tony, which was, you know, Alana and I, we go out, you know, every Saturday night together. And she doesn't do a great job, and everybody knows she doesn't do a great job. And then she gets promoted. That's where it's shitty. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when it's absolutely on the boss. Okay. Because that's where, we've talked about before, that's where brown nosing pays off, right? That's where ass kissing pays dividends. And that's why some people do it, because it's a great way to shift the attention off of my poor performance and onto me just being buddies with my boss. A good boss, as I love to say, would never fall victim to that. So I want you guys to keep that in mind as you start to move up the ladder. There, As you start to gain um, more responsibility and power and influence in an organization, people are going to come up to you and they're going to want to work you to get in with you. And you always want to make sure that your yardstick is always performance. You're, you're going to let that work with the person who contributes the most for you. Those are the people who you are going to invest your time in, not people who just kiss your ass and bake you cookies and then do a shit job. Wow. That's a lot to take in. That is a lot and to take in. drop the mic. I know. She's, she's on a roll with that one. I always freak you guys out as soon as I talk about the day when you're all going to be bosses. I feel yeah. like you all get very... You, like, blow our minds. We're ready to... It just seems like it's very far away. It does. It feels like it's so far away, but who knows? In the it's going to be here before you know it because you guys all perform so highly. I just think about how hard it would be to be, like, impartial, but still have those professional relationships and you're, like environment and know what's going on with your team and like know the dynamic i feel like that's like really got to be difficult as somebody who is in charge of somebody is still being unbiased and maintaining professional relationships it is and i think the best bosses are those who pay really close attention to that stuff which is why i was being such a bitch to poor kelsey last week about listening because listening is a really really important way to start understanding what's going on with your team how well individuals handle additional responsibility versus, you know, get crushed under the weight of it, as Alana told us before. You can't always have eagles, right? There got to be ducks. It's up to the boss to figure out which one you are, um, you know, and then push accordingly. Yeah, the whole, the whole trip of developing a team, of pulling out the strongest talent, keeping the others who aren't necessarily designated as a strong performer but still have them feeling empowered and important and special and involved it's it takes a lot a really great boss is super super good with people with the eq the you've heard of that there's the intellectual quotient and the emotional quotient eq mm -hmm. is what can really make the difference between an okay boss and a great boss because they pay attention to all that stuff <laughs> and alana's saying we gotta stop <laughs> I'm just saying, like that—that that was a good. That uh, went that was so a good fast. I spent too much time episode. talking about queer eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us. Check us out at newradiomedia.com. Just like it sounds. Send us your feedback to bossyskirt.com. Everybody have a great day. Mwah.